Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are joining me today for another great episode to help you take your game and career in talent development to the next level. That is what we are all about. That's our mission, and that is what we're trying to do with every single episode, and especially with all our great interviews and conversations. And today is a little bit different. I'm interviewing one of my friends who is a new author about what it means to be unemployed and how to handle the process when you are laid off or unemployed and how to help others who are going through that as well. And I know we are in kind of boom times, as it seems for many companies here at the end of 2021, but there are still many people who are out of a job, unemployed, in transition, and many companies who are still making adjustments, potentially laying some people off. And so you're probably still seeing some colleagues or friends who might be losing jobs or changing jobs or in transition, making moves that maybe they didn't necessarily plan on making. And this interview is about helping you and those people my guest today is Sabina Sulat, who is an accomplished HR and organizational development and learning executive. She has spent the better part of the past two decades studying how organizations function and how people work. She has been a consultant to multiple global and Fortune 1000 organizations, and Sabina considers the primary purpose of her work to advise organizations on how to enable their employees to develop and grow. In 2020, Sabina recognized the impact of COVID-19 would have on the American worker, forcing millions of people to lose their jobs in the wake of the pandemic. And inspired by her own prior experience of having been out of work, she began working on a book to help others navigate the path of being unemployed. Sabina's new book is called Agile Unemployment, Your Guide to Thriving While Out of Work, and she is dedicated to helping those who are 
unemployed navigate the uncertain waters. And now Sabina and I connected originally on LinkedIn a couple of years ago. You'll hear us talk about that, or actually about a year ago. Soon after that, started working on her book, and she joined the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, which I run. She's been a very active member of that community for the last year plus, joining many of our calls, participating, asking great questions, and really helping a lot of people. And in fact, you can go ask a lot of our members, who do they really enjoy connecting with? Who have they gotten value from in the community. And I know Sabina would come up near the top of that list, if not at the top. So she's someone you definitely want to know. She's always dedicated to giving value and helping others. And she has a new book, as I mentioned, called Agile Unemployment that is all about helping people. And I'm so excited for her because I've seen her go through this journey. And I'm excited to see this book get out into the world. Quick note, We recorded this interview live on LinkedIn. I do that every now and then. And there were a couple questions and comments that came in that I read. So I wanted to give you a heads up on that and also let you know that this podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank community. Sabina Salat is one of our members, as I mentioned. It's the number one place to go for talent development professionals to connect, learn, share, grow, and come together to solve real problems. We have an in-person retreat. It's a virtual community, but we have an in-person retreat coming up in January available to our members. And uh, I'd love for you to check it out. Our website is tdtt.us, as in Talent Development Think Tank. You can find out more information there. You can also sign up and join our next call. Our podcast is also sponsored by Advantage Performance Group, which is the number one professional services firm to call when you want your leaders to lead, your sellers to sell, and your business to grow. Uh, They're all about creating great experiential learning programs to help organizations thrive. You can find out more information on their website, advantageperformance.com. And I used to be a partner there as well. Advantage is a great organization, so check them out. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Sabina Salat about her new book, Agile Unemployment. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everybody. I am live with Sabina Salat, who is the author of the new book, Agile Unemployment, Your Guide to Thriving While Out of Work. Sabina, welcome to the show. Thank you. I have been waiting for this. (laughs) <laughs> I've been waiting for this too. This is this is exciting for many reasons. You know, being an author myself, I love supporting friends when they put out new books and you and I have known each other for a little while now. Yes. But it's also very exciting because of kind of the etymology of how this happened. And so we should probably take people back to the beginning to about yeah. I don't know about 18 months ago. Um, wow. how did this how did this book come about? Well, this this is the classic story of one interaction can change your life in cataclysmic ways, but all for good. Uh, one day, this request came into my LinkedIn box of Andy Storch would like to connect with you. And, you know, I don't accept every request to connect and something about looking at your profile. Like, he seems like a great guy. And I connected with you. Okay. And <laughs> that was the start of you know, the butterfly wings and something changes on the other side of the world. And that was it. Oh, yeah. I did. It all starts with a connection, right? In, yeah. in life. I always remember, and I mentioned this in my book, a friend of mine named Ben Kiloy used to say, you're only one connection away from changing your life or changing the rest of your life, right? One conversation Seriously. away. And, and this is seriously, had I, I think about this a lot now, where would I be had I not accepted that connection request from you? Yeah. So where did that go? Because after that, we connected. And then I remember interacting after I did a live interview like this with Honoré Corder. 
I know. And that's, this is the funny thing. I had a job where I had absolutely no free time. I had a three hour commute total trip and I was sent home because of COVID and I got a ping on my phone that, you know, Andy's live and you were interviewing Honoré. And I thought, wow, I never get to be home at two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time it was. And I listened and the conversation was fascinating. And both of you were so enthusiastic and you made it seem like anybody could write a book. That's right. And at the, I write about this in my book. At the same time, a friend texted me to make sure I was okay in COVID. And I mentioned, I'm listening to this great podcast. I wish I'd written that book about being out of work. And he texted back and he's like, you could still do that. And I started writing that night. And then I reached out to you saying, you've inspired me. And that started this crazy friendship. Yeah, that's right. So you're referring back in, I think it was March timeframe yes. after the lockdown, I started a, a live LinkedIn live series where I was doing live interviews every day for about a month. And yes. one of my guests was Honoré Cordor, who has published over 50 books. She's a book coach and, and mentor. And I went through her course to, to write and publish my book. And so I was interviewing her and I, you know, my book had been out for a few months and we were talking about the whole process. And Honoré believes, as I do, that anybody can write a book, right? It's just about a matter of like getting clear on what you want that book to say and do and managing the process and everything. And I remember messaging with you and you said, well, I've had this book on my mind for you know, several months or years now, and I just haven't really done anything, but I'm going to get started again. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Let me know how it goes and what I can do to support you. And you did, to your credit, you went out and you wrote the book. And here we are some 18 months later, and it's a real book. It's in my hand. 272 pages later, and uh, I interviewed you for the book. You provided some amazing insight into networking that I still tell to people, but so many other things. It's beyond the book. It's connecting with you, the learning community. You've given me incredible encouragement and advice. So has Honoré. Mm -hmm. And that came from you asking her to. And to me, I now, that's my thing is now I'm trying to get anyone I know to write a book. I had a virtual launch party because we still can't get together. Yeah. And I've had this friend for ages. He was the first person I met at college. And he, when the call ended, the launch party ended, he made the comment that I had inspired him to write a book. And mm. of all of my friends, this is the one who should write a book. Yeah. He is actually a writer for a living. And he has a phenomenal story to tell. And I told him, I wrote him the next day, I'm like, I'm not letting this go. The experience of just writing a book is tremendous. It's you go through the gamut of human emotions of frustration, fear, anger, anxiety, joy, <laughs> and it's right. all worth it in the end. I think right. you and I can both say that. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, before I do, we do have a few people who are watching, listening live. If you have oh, yeah. a question for Sabina or me about writing a book, about owning your career, about managing unemployment, right. feel free to drop that in the chat. We would love to hear from you. And I do want to get to your book, Sabina, and talk about agile unemployment and how to manage that for those who are out of work or have been out of work or know people who are out of work. But before I do, you said everyone can write a book. Everyone should write a book. Your friend should write a book. You said it's worth it. Why do you say that? Why do you think it's, because it is a lot of work. Why do you think it's worth it? It's a tremendous, it's way more work than you think it's going to be. And in some ways it's easier than you think it's going to be. I looked at it as 
like the longest term paper I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you think about things. First of all, this was never the book I thought I would write. I always wanted to write a book. I had a topic in mind and I will do that book, but it kind of takes over. I've talked to a couple of other authors, some who are friends of ours. Mm -hmm. And we say like, it's almost like it's this thing that has to come out of you. Mm -hmm. But the sense of accomplishment of you've written a book and Honoré says this, where people look at you differently. And I'm not saying you should do this for the accolades or anything like that, but I love the stat of all the people in the world who want to write a book, only 3% actually follow through. Mm. And to me, that's so sad because think of all these untold stories or pieces of advice that don't come out. And you not only owe it to whoever your audience is, but to yourself to take the time to protect your writing time and actually have this sense of accomplishment. It's, it's this amazing feeling. I almost quit and I'm so glad I didn't. I, I had the book done and I was like, I can't do it. I just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. So glad I persevered. Thank you, Andy, for your support well, and help and anyone else who helped me. But it's you're amazing. Well, you're, you're welcome. Let me ask why when you said you got the book done and then you're like, oh, I don't think I can actually put this out there. Why was that? Uh, a whole host of things. I think part of it is, and I'll be honest, do I really want to be an author? Do I want my life to change that way? And I was terrified of that. I It's very cozy and comfortable to not follow through. It's a little hard to be kind of daring and jump off the cliff. Yeah. And I, I, describe, I was describing this yesterday. I did the jump off the cliff almost out of necessity. Then I realized I wasn't really jumping off a cliff anyway. It, it was the easiest transition. It was, I felt this shift of you go one day, you're somebody who's doing what you think everyone else is doing of writing a book. And the next day you put it on Amazon, you launch it, you have a party and everything. And you're, you're an author. You're an author. And I noticed people now look at me differently. I, hmm. the conversations I have are very different, but the biggest thing is that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. It really and is. it took friends to point that out to me. Yeah. Like, look what you've done. You, yeah. you put all this to all these thoughts together, you know, you organized it and you published it and it's a big deal. And I, I appreciate your, your honesty about why you hesitated. You know, obviously a lot of people hesitate because of fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of rejection, right? Like, what if I put this out there and people hate it, but we don't talk uh, that much about the other side what if this is successful? You know, what if this does help people? What if this changes me? And people are afraid of that as well. Exactly. And I went through that. I did go through the, what if people hate it thing? Because mm -hmm. your friends are going to tell you, oh, it's fabulous. It's I great. love it. And you're like, yay, that's why you're my friend. Right. <laughs> but it is the strangers. It's I'm having people reach out to me saying, I read this and it helped me. Mm. And that alone to me was like, wow, that was worth it. Yep. And, and so many new opportunities open up when you are an author, when you have that book yeah. for me. I mean, just this week, I'm hosting, I'm working on interviews and stuff for a, a virtual summit I'm hosting next week, but also I'm doing two paid keynotes today for uh, a large company, the World Bank, and I've got a big webinar for Zoom on Thursday. And you know, these, these opportunities, I don't know if they come 
without having the book, not to mention, more importantly, the feedback and the impact that we can make in helping people. So I, I will share with you, there was an organization where I applied for work and I interviewed, and this is going back a little while, mm. and obviously I didn't get the job. They recently reached out to me that my book had come across their desk mm. and I got this, oh, we would love to have you come in and do all these things for us. Oh, and I pointed out to them like, you, you know, you interviewed me for a job and <laughs> I didn't get it because I was deemed not kind of at the kind of, how can I put this, the standard at which you felt your employees should be at. And now you're going to roll out the red carpet for me to come in as a subject matter expert. And I will take that any day, but the irony of that is hysterical and rather satisfying. It is funny how these things work, you know, so they made the the right decision for them at the time. And now it's really cool that they are inviting you to come back in and share your expertise. Okay, let, let's get into your book a little bit okay. because you have this experience that probably millions of people have, yep. but don't talk about it, right? There's a lot of shame around this idea of being laid off or being unemployed. And while I'm getting into that too, by the way, we had a, a couple of comments in the chat from Paul Zamara who said, I've been unemployed several times due to market downturns, mass company layoffs, companies that went out of business and downsizing. Luckily to say, though, I've been laid off. I've never been fired, but still being laid off can be really tough for a lot of people. So so why did you write this book in particular? It came out of my own experience. I lost my job to a reorg. That's the polite way of saying it. And I'll say this again. I'm a highly flawed human being, but I always thought in the work world, I rocked it. And when I no longer had a place to go, no longer had this identity, I had never been out of work since I was a teenager and it was so every emotion, it was painful. I had loss of identity. I was too embarrassed to tell people and no one teaches you how to be unemployed. And there's so many aspects to it. There's this administrative layer of you have to file for unemployment and your health benefits and food assistance sometimes how to manage your budget. And then there's that psychological uh, feeling you get, like, you're right, shame is the emotion. Why do people feel shame when they've done nothing wrong? Yet we have been taught that being out of work is one of the worst things that can happen to you. And worse, we're taught it's one of the worst things you can do is to be out of work. And you're like, wait a minute, I had no control over this Mm -hmm. most of the time. Because if you actually did get fired through your own recourse, you don't feel shame. (laughs) And we don't talk about it. How many people are out of work right now? And between the great resignation, COVID, normal org changes, and we don't have open conversations about being out of work. And I don't understand that. Hmm. And then I do understand it because I, of course, I lost my job right before a college reunion which nothing says success when you go into a college reunion is telling everyone you lost your job. And I live in the town of my alma mater. People were staying with me. And I, we went through most of the weekend before I finally told everybody. So this is the situation. And of course they were supportive and loving, but I felt that embarrassment and we shouldn't, we should have these normal conversations about being out of work, 
how to build resilience so that when you go back to work, you're strong, healthy, and you can focus on that new job. Yeah, absolutely. And you you talk about a little bit about the the kind of the stigma of being out of work and my thoughts on it are is that you know the way we are designed and how civilization has been for a long time is we want to be productive yeah. parts of society, right? So if we if someone says to us essentially we don't need you anymore, then it's kind of a, it's a shot to the ego and there's people have a hard time with feeling like they're not contributing. But there's something worse than that that I write mm. about. So there's a term called enmeshment. Okay. And it's from the Harvard Business Review. And it means when you overly identify with something or someone. And most of us overly identify with our workplace or what we do. And one of the most common questions I get from clients is, how do I introduce myself now that I'm out of work? And the question I post back is, well, have you stopped being a nurse or a teacher or, and it's like, well, no, that's my passion. Okay, well, just because someone's not paying you and you're not going to a place doesn't mean you've ceased to be that thing. So we spend more time at work than anywhere else. It gives us our routine, our passion, our purpose. It gives us benefits, pay, sometimes a social outlet. And when that's gone, we have no sense of identity. And I agree with you, a lot of it is ego, but also so much of it is, who am I right now? And we almost have to reconstruct ourselves as we move forward in order mm. to survive. Yeah, as I've gone out and spoken with people and, and really like, you know, long before I published my book, I noticed so many people tie their identity to the company they work for and the work they do. Can't tell you how many times I've gone to networking events and asked somebody, what, what do you do? Who are you? And they immediately start talking about their company. Right? Well, what's the first question we ask little kids? What do you want to be when you grow up? And what if the child answered back, I want to be happy? And we'd be like, but no, how do you want to earn a living? And yeah, I don't care about your happiness. You have, you have two kids, so maybe right. start like with yeah. them. But yeah. we're in, you're right. It's we're conditioned from, you know, the cradle of you have to identify with a profession. Look at all the last names that are based on professions. Yeah. Yeah. Smith and everything else. Um, I try not, I don't ask my kids that question. What do you want? But it is like, it's a fun question always it to is. talk to kids about. Right. But I, you know, I've, I've seen the other side of that, right. You're getting to think already like, well, I have to pick something. And then at 18, you know, in, in the U S at least it's like, okay, go to college and pick a major. That's the thing that you're going to work in. And it's like, Whoa, there's so many options. You have such a long career. It seems early for that. I had this flashback to the sixth grade where we were corralled into like this big uh, auditorium and we were shown these like world at work films and it was super cheesy. But at the sixth grade, they were trying to tell you, pick a career. Mm. And what would have happened if you'd grown up to be what you decided you wanted to be in the sixth grade? I don't know. Well, I mean, for me, it would have been great because I'd be a professional baseball player. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way for me. Unfortunately, I quit when I was 15. That's on me. But I've I changed I careers several times and I'm yeah. It took a while to get it right. And even now I just realized, wow, in the past 18 months I've changed careers yet again. Which is totally fine, right? I mean, we yeah. like everybody's going to be these days changing careers a lot. You know, my mission, of course, is to get people to get really intentional about what they're doing with their career, right? And I often think that 
that moment of being like getting laid off or leaving a job for whatever reason and being unemployed, while it can be stressful and challenging, can also be an amazing opportunity yeah. to start to reflect and think about what you really want to do with your career and your life. Would you agree? I think you and I are both 100% proof of that because we have yeah. both done it and you were yeah. definitely an inspiration to me in that um, sometimes what you're doing is not what you should be doing. Mm. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? What you're doing is not what you should be doing. So I had lost my job. I was head of learning for a very prestigious organization and I thought I had arrived. It was my I was going to be this thought leader and I was going to use this as this springboard. And then I lost that job. I became very depressed. I wondered about, did I reach too far too fast? And it took me a while to get another job. It took me a year. I took a similar job. I actually traded up. I was working for a global organization. I was head of learning again. I, I liked being head of learning. And there was not the joy in it anymore. Something happened to me while I was out of work. I changed and I enjoyed what I was doing. It was a great company, fabulous people, but something was missing. And I was already thinking about the book. I'd started the book and thinking, what else could I be doing with my life when they announced to me, yeah, because of COVID, we're not doing so well and we're letting people go. Mm. And my name was you know, last in, first out, my name came up and a friend who had worked, who worked with me and who had read a very early draft of the book actually said, you know, all of us on the chopping block, you are probably the best suited for it. Yeah. You know how to handle it, right? And I thought, you know, you're right. It should be me because I'm not happy. Someone should have this job who's happy and I need to figure out what I want to do. And I hate to say this because it sounds so trite, but it really was a gift. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. So I believe, I, I think that our challenges, if we have the right mindset to turn our challenges into opportunities, there are so many opportunities there I've seen it with other people, obviously, with my own life as well. And it takes a little while sometimes, right, to, to look at it that way. Yeah. But I can't tell how many times I've seen people who got laid off. This is the perfect example, right? And then found something way better mm -hmm. and ended up in their dream career. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, you never would have found that if you didn't lose that job in the first place. And I think you're hitting on something that's really crucial. And I recommend that people who are not working, out of work, do we look at this unemployment period as it's like walking on hot lava. Like I've got to walk across the rocks as quickly mm -hmm. as possible and get to the other side. But this is really a time of reflection and we're so, and I get the thing I need, I have bills, I need money, I need insurance. Totally understand that. But the idea is that 
you should also take this time to reflect and decide, do I want to go back to being an accountant or do I want to go back to school and become a teacher? Do I want to work for another agency or do I want to work for a nonprofit, something like that? And maybe you go through all that and you're like, nope, what I was doing was what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Or could I be happier and still feed my family? Yeah. And that, that, that trade-off is amazing. So we got a couple comments in the chat. Paul mentioned that his career landscape <laughs> looks like an I love that. painting, <laughs> which is great because we have this kind of, we start our careers and this is not for everybody, but usually we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get into finance or L and D and I'm going to climb the ladder. I'm going to be manager and then director and then VP and it's all going to go perfectly. And of course it, it never does. And many of us end up moving around and doing a lot of different, like I've done a ton of different things. I know you've done some different things. You mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, being on your fifth different career, whatever it may be. I think I'm on my 10th and I'm the guy who's telling people how to own their careers. Right. But it's because I have all this experience yeah. doing these different things. Right. And, that, and I think those challenges give us that experience. Like you got laid off so that you could write about it in this book. And that leads me to this question that came in from Eileen Tavares. Hi, Eileen. Good to see you. Um, who asked, Sabina, can you expound on why it was a blessing for you that you got laid off that time? Yeah. So first of all, to Paul's comment, I'm picturing that Escher painting where the staircases lead nowhere. I love, I'm stealing that, Paul. I'm totally stealing yeah. that. Yeah. So why it was a blessing, um, Arlene, I never set out to be the unemployment lady. And this kind of came to me and I, I love the world of learning and I still keep a foot in that world. That was my chosen career path. And it was a it is a fabulous career for me. It's everything that I like doing, but it's helping people. It's learning myself. It's teaching. It's seeing, helping someone make their life better through knowledge, doing, um, increasing a skill. Now I do it in a completely different way. I have watched people transform their lives by taking them in their bleakest period. And unemployment is an incredibly lonely time even if you're surrounded by friends and family it's like you you know you think you could scream in a room and no one would hear you you feel that alone sometimes Mm. and i get to help them i get to help them in the book i call it getting out of the hole and i write about that but i help them build resiliency i can't think of a better way to phrase it where you cannot necessarily prevent tragedy from happening to you, what you can do is make sure that you're about as bulletproof as possible, that you have confidence and strength. And that's why I love your book, Andy, because that's really what you're telling people is you are not this passive victim (laughs) in the work life. You actually have far more control than you know. And that's what I try to teach them in unemployment is, yes, this happened to you, but what you do next is up to you. There are some things I can teach you to make it a shorter period, definitely less harmful, mm-hmm. but let's move you on. Not maybe so think about it. If you leave a bad relationship and then you see someone else, but it's almost the exact same personality type, mm-hmm. you're going to repeat those same mistakes. I like to think that I help people figure out what mistakes not to make again and how to make sure that 
Should they ever find themselves out of work again? Because statistically, it's going to happen again. Uh, just that's the way the world works. Mm -hmm. And if you come out of it and you know that, just like me, you're prepared and you know there's an end to this. It's not your existence. It's just this time period. Mm -hmm. So it's given me purpose. And I like to think I help other people. I love that. And reminds me of one of the things I talked about in my book, which is that there are many things in life that are outside of our control, right? Mm -hmm. Politics, the economy, what your company decides to do, even your your spouse and your your children. But what's in your control is how you react to things. Absolutely. Right? How you show up and what you do as a as a result. Yeah. And I think I think you and I would agree on this, Andy. Every emotion that you're feeling in that unemployment period is totally valid and justifiable. Mm -hmm. And that's something to learn from and honor it, but also use that as a springboard to move on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it reminds me of you know, my own challenges I've been through and in 2020, I wasn't laid off. I was running my own business, but my whole business got completely shut down yeah. by COVID. Right. And I took a couple of days to kind of cry about it and, and, you know, feel the feels. And then I was like, all right, well, let's let's go out and, and see what we can do with this. I started networking with people and worked on pivoting. I ended up having my best year ever in business and then started 2021 with cancer. And again, it's like not something I chose, right? Yeah. But how am I going to respond to this? And I went out and did everything I could to beat that. And now I firmly believe, like you said, with being laid off multiple times, being unemployed multiple times, that that actually allowed you to go and write this book and go help so many other yeah. people. I truly believe that I got cancer so that I could help other people going through the same experience, which is why I share that stuff regularly. So I will remind you that I'd reached out to say, you know, congratulations, because this was right as the book was launching for you. Yeah. And I'm very honored that you shared with me what was going on with you health wise. Yeah. And I remember you even emailed me saying, you were going back and forth whether or not to share that with other people publicly. Yeah. But yeah. I loved about you that you said point blank, I think a lot of other people can learn from this and even just raise awareness for yep. people to go to checkups, be healthy. If something's going on, go to a doctor. Yep. And especially during COVID where people didn't want to go out and ignore right. that, right. that was such an important message that you sent to people. That well, was very inspiring. Yeah, well, thank you. And I think the two things we're talking about are similar in that, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's getting cancer or being laid off, it's something that you don't choose, you wouldn't have chosen, but you can handle it, you know, a couple different ways. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it, right? I talked, many people reached out to me privately who said, I, I had cancer too. Yeah. I've never told anyone. Totally fine, right? I'm sure you hear from people who are like, I've been laid off, never told anyone. I don't even tell my spouse until I have to, right? But then you and I, by sharing our experiences, get to be the ones who help other people get through that. There's a certain strength that comes with that vulnerability. Yep. You know, and it's not easy. So you go back to why did I hesitate with the book? That was definitely a part of it. And I go back to, I tell very graphically about being let go. Mm -hmm. And I remember my editor sending me back and it like, are you sure you want to come off this way in the book? And my thought was, I absolutely have to, because people who read this need to know I've stood in their shoes and yeah. just how bad I know how bad it can get. Absolutely. So I've got a couple more questions before we wrap up. Okay. Before we do, we have a comment from another new author, Thane <laughs> Malamo, who says, hi, Sabina. Um, hi, Thane. 
<laughs> Don't say it like that. Shouldn't you be more excited? Hi, Fade. Hi, Fade. <laughs> he is, I've, I've made him like the unofficial uh, president of my unofficial fan club oh, uh, nice. because he's been so supportive as well. But there's a little cadre of us authors now. Yes, that's right. We're very uh, prestigious. You mean in general, or are you a part of a certain group that, uh, that people You're invited in. Thane and yeah. I have a group. We're inviting you in. Got it. Okay. Well, Thane, you're both members of the Talent Development Think Tank community Absolutely. as well. And Thane has a new book that just came out, I think a week ago, Teamwork yes. in Talent Development. And we're going to have him on to, at the podcast to talk about that at some point. So Sabina, before we wrap up, who is this book for? What do you want people to get from this book? That is a great question. I originally wrote it for anybody who has lost their job. And then world events happened. And now we're talking about, you know, uh, the great resignation. And I actually saw something yesterday that called it the great reshuffling mm -hmm. of people. Uh, you know, the great resignation is people choosing to leave their job. The great reshuffling is going from one job to another. And it's really anybody who has lost a job is thinking of leaving their job because I cover everything that you need to think about or what I, as most as I could, you're, again, how you can prepare for that, your budgeting, uh, things that you need to be aware of uh, as far as your health care. Uh, and this comes from my years of being in HR. And I actually worked for Health and Human Services in DC when they were authoring the Affordable Health Care Act. So I can walk you through an exchange. It's really anyone who's thinking of changing their career and it's what you're going to have to cover, like extreme self-care. You're in a point of turmoil, of probably stress. You need to take care of yourself. And when you're not working, you kind of feel guilty about that, but that's the time you need it the most. It's anybody who, if you know somebody who's lost their job or is changing careers to show you ways to support them, I have a whole chapter on that. So really anybody. You know, when you're supposed to pick the who who your audience is, I would just write down anyone. Yeah, anyone. Um, it's really written for Americans, but I've actually talked to somebody in the Middle East the other day who got a copy and wanted to talk about interviewing me for a course he's writing for students in the Middle East. I'm like, yeah, I'll do wow. that. I know. That is cool. Okay, so last question okay. for anyone listening who is maybe in between jobs right now, experiencing unemployment, out of work, or has a friend or a loved one who is out of work right now, what's what's one more piece of advice would you give? And maybe we can separate that to if you are out of work right now, and then if you know someone, how can you support them? Yeah. Okay. So if you are out of work right now, first of all, realize this isn't your entire life. This is just momentary. I think the best thing you can do is step back. I know this is hard. And really be strategic and figure out what do you need, what do you want? And not just career-wise, but to support you and sustain you. Like, do you need to make changes in your budget? Do you need to look at your health care? Um, do you need to look at education for uh, the next career? Uh, but you have to, you can't just jump in. You have to be mindful. So that would be one of the best pieces of advice. If you know somebody who's out of work, this is a tough one because you're kind of helpless. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, you can give them every book in the world, including mine and Andy's and things. But each person is responsible for getting themselves out of that hole that I call it of unemployment. Mm. Continue to be supportive, but also don't forget to take care of yourself. If you're supporting them, you need to be strong for yourself and understand that you can't do this for them. Mm -hmm. I have great friends around me who were helping me, but I was solely responsible for finding myself another job. Even if a friend had said, here's a job for you, take it. I am responsible for my well-being, my performance, my going into that job, being the best employee I could be. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. And if you do know people who are out of work, who are yeah. looking for the next job, you can't do work for them, but you can give them, can give some, them a book. some guidance by giving them both of our books, Agile mm-hmm. Unemployment and Own Your Career, Own Your Life, both of which would be very helpful. And you know, if people are willing to sit down and read these books, so many ideas that can come from it and you're learning from all this experience. So, and I also want to mention, I blog on my website and my website is reworkingworks.com. And I give advice about things you can do while you're out of work and things you can do to support others who are out of work. Reworkingworks.com? Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's on my LinkedIn. Look me up on LinkedIn. I'll consult with anyone. Love it. All right. So for those of you listening, if you want to get in touch with Sabina, connect with her on LinkedIn, as well as visiting her website, reworkingworks.com. We'll have a note in our link in our show notes. We put this episode out on the podcast. Sabina, thank you so much for being here, for sharing. This is just so fun. You know, we've come full circle from our first conversation. I've waited a year and a half for this. (laughs) It went by so quickly. I'm like, we're done. Seriously, dude, it does go by fast, which is uh, which great. is Thank amazing, you. amazing. Well, congratulations on the book. Yeah. Best of luck with everything. You know I'm around to support you. I have five copies here, and I'm going to figure out a way to give some of those away. Please. Uh, and I'm excited about people getting to read it and it making an impact and seeing how we can both continue to make the world a better place. So, Sabina, thank you again for being here. For everybody out there watching, listening, get the book. Agile unemployment and make sure you get intentional with how you are managing your career. Own your career. Nobody else cares more about your career than you do. So you've got to own it. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. All right. That will do it for my interview with Sabina Salat on agile unemployment. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you got some value, whether it be about managing unemployment or maybe you've been thinking about writing a book and you got some ideas from that as well. I'm so proud of Sabina for getting her book done. I know she's already working on the next one. And I actually have some copies of Sabina's book that I plan on giving away. Probably going to do a LinkedIn giveaway soon. So make sure you're connected or following me on LinkedIn if you want to get a copy of that book. Or you can just go find it on Amazon and order a copy for yourself. I'm sure Sabina would appreciate that and it might be helpful to you as well. So thanks again for listening. As I mentioned earlier, Sabina is a member of the Talent Development Think Tank. She's been a member for over a year now like many of our members who stay for a long time, but there are no obligations or commitments. And we run a live call every Wednesday on Zoom. We also have a private Slack channel. We have a private podcast and we have recordings available for those that don't make to all the calls. And and nobody really does. There are no obligations. You know, hopefully you make it for one or two calls a month and you will get tons of value, not just from the speakers that we bring in, not from listening to me, but from the other members in the group. There's so much 
knowledge and experience there. And, you know, one of the reasons I originally created the Talent Development Think Tank Conference, which led to the membership community, was because I went to conferences and I saw everyone sitting there listening to the sage on the stage, the one person giving the presentation, who, frankly, I was, you know, half the time not even that impressed with anyway. And I looked around and saw all this wisdom and experience and knowledge in the audience not being tapped into. And I wanted to create something that allow us to tap into all of the wisdom and knowledge in the room. And that is what this community is all about. So if you have things to share and you believe you still have things to learn, come check us out. Come join us. Our website is tdtt.us, as in Talent Development Think Tank. I hope that you will check it out. Send me any questions that you might have. You can book a call right there on the page if you have questions. I also book calls with all of our new members to get to know them because I want to get to know everybody in our community, find out what they're working on and see how I can help. All right. Thank you again for listening. We don't have a bonus Q&A session this week uh, with Sabina. We recorded the whole interview right there on LinkedIn, but we will have some more great interviews and conversations coming to you soon. So stay tuned. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.